Welcome. Uh, if you don't know me, my name is Pastor Gary Isbell. I'm the pastor here. Been here for 21 years. Uh, my wife and I uh, love San Diego, love Chula Vista, love this church. Come on, love you all. We believe that God's not done with any of us. Can I get an amen? amen. That he brings us from glory to glory, grace to, come on, strength to strength. That's what he does. He's never done. And so whether, uh, as Brittany said a moment ago, whether your life with Christ is just beginning or you've been on the, on the, on the trail for a while, don't get settled. Don't camp. Don't quit. Come on, don't, 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 don't set up a tent with tent pegs. Uh, we, we're a people that just keep moving. Come on, we're, we're people that keep moving. We keep, we keep growing. We don't, we don't get satisfied in the sense of what we know and our relationship with God and reading the word. We just want to keep moving and saying, Lord, open my eyes and show me more. Let me, let me hear more. Let me experience more. Use me more. Because if that's your heart, come on, God's going to, if you give God an empty cup, he's going to fill it. Can you say amen? But if you're full already, there's no place more for God. So your job and my job is to daily just empty ourselves and say, here I am again today, Lord, fill my life. Feel my life. I'm hungry. Amen. We're in a series of lessons on Sunday morning called Sunday School. Really the theme for these messages take us back to maybe if you were like me and you were raised in church, maybe you weren't. But these are six big Bible lessons we've been talking about from the Old Testament. Things that I've learned ever since I was a kid in Sunday school and kids ministry. And then maybe reinforced at uh, vacation Bible school that I was a part of. Maybe you, you were as well as a kid. Uh, of What we do around here and how we keep instructing the kids downstairs in these same stories over and over year after year. Is to really build strength in their life and, and the foundational truths of who God is and how great he will be regardless of what it might look like in your own life we're seeing story after story whether it's Moses in the Red Sea come on somebody whether it's Shadrach Meshach and Abednego last week we talked about going to get cast into a fiery furnace what they did you can do how God delivered them God can deliver you as well can you say amen everybody we got technical difficulty oh somebody wow okay here we go Come on, give it up for this cute guy here. He's married, though. Don't, 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 don't. He's married. <laughs> He's taken. Okay. <laughs> so, is that better? Is that good? Huh? We all good? Okay, they're giving us a thumbs up back there. This is, come on, give it up for our online audience. Come on, clap for everybody out there. Hey, we love everybody online as well. So today is our fifth installment, fifth lesson on this series of Sunday School. We're going to talk about Daniel and the lion's den. Uh, we'll touch on this because the story doesn't need more than just a touch, but really the lesson that we're going to learn today is this, the power of prayer. We're going to talk about the power of prayer because what Daniel did in his life and how Daniel orchestrated his life around the principle of prayer, how Daniel uh, got out of whatever he got into, and we can see it as well with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, prayer is and prayer was the foundation for his life. Now, every week what I've been doing is I've been giving you a homework assignment. So, so again, we're talking about Daniel and the lion's den, and we're going to be talking about the power of prayer, not only today, but I want you to be thinking about it all week long as you read, and you're going to read because you're just a person of honor, you're going to read your homework assignment, Daniel 4 through 12. So come on, how many of y'all been reading every week? Come on, come, come on. Come. 
That's about, that's about, we, 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 we might have got a percent. Come on. Last week it was 20%. This week it's 21%. Come on. Come on. The rest of y'all help us out a little bit. Come on. Make up your mind. I'm going to read Daniel 4 through 12 this week. Come on. Just by a way of faith. Come on. Help your pastor out. Come on. Would you just say, I'm going to do it this week. Come on. Come on. Somebody else read it. Come on. I'm going to do it this week. All right. Come on. All right. All right. All right. And here's what I'm going to ask you to do is you're reading Here's what's going to happen, because Daniel is standing in the office of a prophet, and he is receiving things from God, prophecies from God, and he is declaring these things, and when we've got the scripture that backs it up about many, many, many end time things. So you're going to read some stuff that you're going, what is going on? Listen to me, just read it. Just read it. As you keep reading, you're, you're going you're gonna to understand some more as you keep going chapter after chapter, but there's going to be some questions in your mind about things that Daniel prophesies concerning the end times that we are entering. We're in the end times. We don't know when Jesus is coming back, but there's things that Daniel talks about that even John the Apostle writes in the book of Revelation about things that will happen at the end of time. What I'm asking you to do is just read the Bible. Read the Bible. There, there are things when I read the Bible, still listen, I, I, I've got questions, but, but the Bible says that's okay. Just read God's word. Read God's word. Uh, what we're going to do today as we set the stage for, again, where we're going to go is that I've said this a couple times, that you're going to see as, you, as we talk about Daniel's life today and as you read this week, you're going to see that Daniel had a lifestyle of prayer and reliance on God. That, that was his life. That was his lifestyle. This past week, as you read Daniel 1, 2, and 3, in chapter 2, some of y'all will remember, hopefully everybody remembers, that Nebuchadnezzar, this guy had this dream, and he was wanting people to interpret the dream. And so, and so Daniel was the one that God used uh, mightily to interpret this dream in the king, and that then got him promoted. And, and so listen, Daniel, whenever there was something that was forced upon Daniel, Daniel didn't say, I don't know the answer, I don't know where to go, I don't know where to turn. Daniel would always turn his attention and his focus to God. So this week, when you're faced with, I don't know what to do, when somebody asks you something, or maybe it's work, or maybe it's even things in your own life, listen to me, whether you know what to do or whether you don't know what to do, here's what you do. Turn your face to God. Ask God for help, because that's what we see over and over and over in Daniel's life. This crazy king, Nebuchadnezzar, has this dream, and when he wakes up, listen to me, he can't even remember the dream, chapter 2 says. And he calls his wise men together. Daniel is one of those wise men, a magician or an astrologer, what, what the king called him. And he says, listen, guys, I can't remember my dream, and I don't even know the interpretation of the dream because I can't remember the dream. I'm telling you guys, you tell me what I dreamed, and if you don't tell me what I dreamed and give me the interpretation, I'm going to kill you. The brother's crazy. Who could do that? And, and so he actually starts killing magicians and astrologers, and, and Daniel gets word of it, and Daniel then goes to the king and says, King, give me a little bit of time, and I, 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 I'm going to find you an answer. I'm going to find you an answer. Again, whenever Daniel was faced with, 
craziness in society, in his own life, around him, Daniel would always turn his affection and his heart towards God because God, come on somebody, God knows the end from the beginning. He's the Alpha and the Omega. Come on everybody. He's all wise. There is nothing he can't tell you. Yeah. So check out what happened here in Daniel chapter 2, verse 18 and 19. We'll start reading there. So he, he gets this crazy order from the king. Again, this is just setting up where you've read last week already. Here's what it says. He urged them. Daniel goes back to Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. And he urges them to ask the God of heaven to show them his mercy by telling them the secret. We don't know the vision. We don't even, we don't, we, we've never, the king can't even tell me what he dreamed. We don't know what he dreamed, God, but we're asking you that you are the God of heaven, that you would show us mercy and that you would tell us the secret. This is what happens when you pray. God shows you things and God tells you things. So that they, they, Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that they wouldn't be executed along with the other wise men in Babylon. Verse 19, come on, that night, come on, somebody yell, that night. That night, the secret, the mystery, the enigma, the thing that we couldn't even come to, we had no idea what the king dreamed. That night, the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel, come on somebody, praise the God of heaven. That night, that night, Daniel asked God, show us the secret. Daniel said, God, we got to know. This is what prayer does. Prayer opens your heart. Prayer opens your eyes, prayer opens your ears to a realm that is not natural. It's not natural. Listen to me. We need to pray about everything. Everything. You got a problem? Sure we do. That's, life's full of problems. That's not the end. Don't let your problem paralyze you. Let your problem be a drive where you will pray to the God of heaven that he will show you the secret and he will reveal to you what you need to hear so that you will then act on it and your situation will be changed. Can somebody say praise the Lord? What you're going to find this week as you read Daniel 4 through 12 is this, that Daniel commanded an audience in public because he spent time with God in private. If you want to have influence in the outer world, you must first have influence with God in your inner world. There must be a time daily in your life that you draw near to him. The scripture tells us, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. It's not God saying, I'm going to draw near to you. No, God already made the first move in your and my life. Now, especially since he sent us Jesus. Jesus was the move of God, the move of all moves that now allows us to have relationship with God. Now, the, the, the chess match, if you will, is on our corner. We must now move our heart, move our time, move our affection, move our life towards God so that he will then be able to speak to us. We'll talk about that 
even in the life of Jesus in a while, toward the end of the message, we'll, we'll see a cause and effect, even in Jesus' life, what happened when Jesus prayed, and we'll have a direct connection at results that might astound you as well. Daniel developed the habit of praying to God about everything. Now what's alarming, in a, in a good way, alarming or shocking, is that Daniel was a young teenager, most people believe, when he, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were taken from Israel and brought into Babylon. Daniel was there captive in Babylon for around 70 years or a little bit longer. So what we find when we read the book of Daniel it is it is spanning decades. Daniel was serving four different kings or rulers. It's astounding that this guy stayed steady decade after decade after decade. Listen to me. Living and working under ungodly rulers ungodly government. Come on, we just read about a crazy dude named Nebuchadnezzar. Listen, crazy kings, crazy rulers, crazy things, probably sexual perversion in the culture, crazy stuff going on, but he kept his bearings in Christ and kept his heart and his devotion connected to God. And listen to me, you and I can too. Come on, somebody, church. Don't let anybody tell you that society has to weigh on you and that you have to give in and cave in Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego ago. Come on, get that tattoo on your arm. There, come on. Come on. These brothers faced the fire and they got through. And we're going to read that this brother was in the lion's den and the lions didn't devour him. So no matter how many lions are in your life, if you have a heart and a desire and affection towards God and you pray and seek God for wisdom, God will get you out of the mouth of the lion. Can somebody in the room say amen and amen? What I have found that one of the greatest benefits of prayer that might be undetected or unknown because I think when we think about it, we think again, cause and effect. When I pray, you know, seek me, you seek you with all my heart, you're going to hear me, you're going to answer me. Absolutely, that's amazing. But I believe one of the greatest things about prayer is this, is that prayer brings you close to a person. This is the most outstanding thing is that when you pray, listen to me, the Bible says that when you pray, you pray to the Father in secret, and the Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. When you fast in secret, God will reward you openly. When you give in secret, God will reward you openly. Listen to me, when you pray, it is bringing you close to a person called God the Father. And your heart will then be changed, and your life will be changed, and your attitude will be changed, and, and you'll start hearing wisdom, and God will start, start, start giving you comfort if you need comfort, or encouragement if you need encouragement, or answers if you need answers. Listen to me, prayer brings you close to a person. Again, I want to encourage you, don't make your time with God some kind of you're clicking the clock and, and, and then it's a stopwatch and I'm going to give you five minutes and this is transactional. This, this is just me to you and I'm asking you, asking you, asking you and then now you're going to give it to me since I'm asking you. That could happen, that might ha not happen in the same way that you think it's going to happen, but set your heart that when I pray, I'm coming close to the person called God the Father. Man. Uh, don't, don't, don't overlook that. I, I believe this, is that nothing, nothing is going to happen in or around your life in a supernatural way. That, that's the big word, unless you pray. Nothing is going to happen 
in or around your life in a supernatural way. There'll be, there'll be things that you just get because, because you're just good. There'll be things you get because you're just a hard worker. There'll be stuff that goes on in your life that, 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 that doors are open just because like maybe you knew somebody or, or you're, you're a really cool networker. You, you got to figure it out. And this, I'm not saying and de, uh, uh, demising that or uh, diminishing that, but, but listen to me. There's nothing that's going to happen in your life in a supernatural way, I believe, unless you pray. Unless you pray. And the, the, the doctor says this. And, and this might not be the end of your life. But unless you pray, this will be the end of your life. Uh, and, 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 and the banker says this. Or your, or, or, or your education says this. And, and this will be the way it is for the rest of your life in a natural way. Unless you decide to tap into another realm. The supernatural realm. And say, God, I see the way it is. But I'm drawing close to you. And I see in your word the way this is, isn't the way it's supposed to be. And so I'm coming to you in a secret place, and you said you will reward me openly. I'm going to believe you. I'm going to trust you. Daniel, time after time after time, trusted God in the middle of living in a crazy kingdom with crazy, power-hungry, wicked, wicked kings. I want to encourage you. Go to the Father and pray to him about everything. Whatever's going on in your personal life, whatever's going on in your marriage, whatever's going on in your family, whatever's going on in your friends, whatever's going on in your work, whatever's going on in our world. Don't shake your head. Listen to me. If you're going to watch TV, you're going to watch the news, you better watch the news, listen to me, and pray. Or else you're going to go, dear God, everybody's crazy out there. Which... A lot of them are. But you're going to need to watch it. You're going to need to read your news feed. Listen to me. If you're going to read it, have prayer be going on. Lord, I'm praying here. I'm believing God here. Lord, God, change this. Lord, God, help. Come on, can I get an amen in the room? Anybody? Or else what's going to happen is you're going to be burdened with what you're reading instead of that being lifted and being hopeful and believing that God is going to change in those situations. Can I get an amen in the house? 1 Thessalonians 5.17 tells us this, pray without ceasing. That's all it says. Come on, if you, come on. Some of y'all could remember, this could be your scripture memorization for the week. Pray without ceasing. That just means continue being an attitude of prayer all the time. Let that be, your, when, when you get up to pray from the morning, just don't again, let that be something you do then. Carry prayer through the day. Pray without ceasing. Being an attitude of prayer. Daniel had this in his life. Daniel fostered this in his life. Continually being an attitude of prayer. All successful men and women of God. Teenagers, young adults, single people, elderly people. All people that are going to make a difference in the natural realm will be people who pray continually and without ceasing. Their ears open to God. Their heart sensitive to God. Their eyes on God. Their feet moving in the direction God wants them to, wants them to take. So we don't crash and burn. That we're in the right place at the right time with the right people. And whenever the wrong people show up around us, God protects us and God delivers us. And we have a witness from God to move away, get away, do something else. Don't be in business with them. Don't be dating that cray-cray girl. Come on, somebody. Or guy. Come on, everybody. Le leave that brother at the altar. Come on, everybody. <laughs> somebody felt the Holy Ghost right there. Ooh, I felt the Holy Ghost. <laughs> Philippians 4, 6. Come on. What's Philippians 4, 6 say? Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. Don't worry about anything. Well, how are you going to live that kind of life? 
How are you going to live that kind of life when they're getting ready to throw you in the fiery furnace? How you Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, how's that going to work for you? Don't worry about anything. Instead, what are we going to do? Come on, read it out loud. Pray about everything. Pray about everything. Come on, what's right now pressing on you? Have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about that college loan? Have you prayed about that house, that condo, that apartment that's too small, and you're, you're trying to figure out how I'm going to get $500 extra a month to pay for that? I, I, I need a new car. Lord, Lord, have you prayed about it? Have you prayed about that doctor's report? Have you prayed about that situation in your body? Have you prayed about everything? If you haven't, all you're doing is living in a natural realm, even though you're a spiritual person. And so we're approaching it in a natural realm, saying this is just the way it's going to be. And God says, this is not the way it's supposed to be. You are a believer. You're my child. You're my son. You're my daughter. You are just like Jesus. Come on, as he is, so are we in this earth. Come on, everybody. That if that didn't knock Jesus down, it shouldn't knock me down. So we're going to pray about everything. We're going to tell God what we need, and when we're going to thank him for everything he's done. Can I get an amen? We see this over and over. Jesus is in the wilderness. Come on, for 40 days and 40 nights. The scripture says he, he, he was tempted. He was fasting and praying. He was tempted by the devil. But how did he come out? The scripture tells us he's able to withstand demonic attack and assault from the devil himself. Come on, he's a natural man. Come on, he's filled with the spirit, but he's, got, he's being tempted. These are real temptations. How does he withstand? Because he was in prayer and fasting with the Father. Prayer positioned him for a breakthrough and for a powerful encounter with the devil that he doesn't bow down to it. He overcomes it. Let prayer be the foundation of your life. Pastor, what do you mean by prayer? I mean, I don't even know how to pray. Just talk to God like you'd sit across the table drinking coffee with me. Just talk to God. Father, this is what I'm feeling. Father, this is what I'm seeing. Father, this is what it looks like. Now, Father, I got a scripture here that says this. Pastor Gary said, I don't have to be anxious about this situation. Woo! So, wow, uh, that's a whole new twist here, Father, for me. But I'm telling you, that's what you said in the Word. So I'm not going to worry about this. Now, listen, here's what you're going to have to do. You're going to be worried all day long. Or you're going to get a thoughtful, a thought that might make you worried. And you have to grab that thought and say, hang on, Father. Hang on, you told me now, pastor told me that three-word scripture, pray without ceasing. Here I am again. I'm thinking about that again. I'm feeling the weight of that again. So I'm going to cast that thing off on you again, Lord. You care for me. You're taking care of me. Come on, somebody. Amen. I'm going to tell you what I need. I'm going to tell you what I need. Tell them what you need. Come on, tell them what you need. Come on, tell them what you need. Come on, it's old scripture. Uh, Kimberly's mom's here. Come on, give it up for Nancy. 81 years old. Come on. Had a birthday on Thursday. Woo, Friday. 81. I, I, uh, um, our, my father-in-law, Nancy's husband, Bud, Kimberly's dad. Did you get that? I generally can't do that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's an inside joke. Um, uh, but, but he would sing a song. He was a quartet singer. A phenomenal, I don't know how many octave range voice, whatever. But he was singing a song, Jesus on the main line, tell him what you want. Come on, some of y'all go main line. Come on, some, some of y'all thinking drugs. Come on, no, no, I want drugs. Jesus on the main line. Jesus, Jesus on the phone line, right? Tell them what you want. Tell them what you want. Thank him. Come on, somebody. Say, Jesus, here I am. The situation, I got a line in my life that, 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 that's growling, that, 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 that's trying to come after me. Lord, shut the mouth of the lion. Help me, Lord. Come on. Come on. He's just, come on. God is just a, 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 a he, come on. He's not a, he's not a long distance phone call. Come on, somebody. He's a local call. 
Come on, God's local. Jesus, Holy Spirit lives inside you. Come on. He brings the awareness of Jesus and the Father. And as we pray to the Father in the name of Jesus, listen, heaven is open and heaven is standing attention. Ready to act in your behalf. Amen, everybody. Daniel 6. Make your way over there in your mind with me. And as you read this week. Daniel 6. Daniel is now serving under his third king. As I said a moment ago, he served under four kings or rulers. In Daniel 6, he's now serving under his third king. Just an aside to what we're talking about is that prayer will help you persevere. It'll help you persevere. Leadership changes in work, things going on in your family, things that could derail you. Prayer will help you persevere. Again, prayer must be the foundation of your life. The king, this, this man that came over and, and took over, you know, routed out the other man, the, the, came in Darius, he sets up 120 government officials over all the land. And then he appoints Daniel and two others to be governors over all the land. We would say something like California. I don't know how many counties are in California, but he would appoint rulers over every county, 120. And then Daniel was one of three that were over all of California, we would say. But we read something in Daniel chapter 6, verse 3 through 5, that sets the stage for what we'll talk about with Daniel and the lion's den. Check it out. This Daniel distinguished himself above the governors, that's the other two, and the satraps. The satraps just simply mean, it's a word that you'd have to look up, it just means government officials. Because an excellent spirit was in him. Hmm. So this isn't just some little ordinary kind of dude that's trying to take in his Christianity, we would say, at just like, it doesn't really matter if I go to church or not. It didn't really matter if I pray or not. It didn't, didn't really matter if I serve God or not. It didn't really matter if I read the Bible or not. No, no, no. This is a guy that's developed himself, spirit, soul, and body to be a man, a woman, we would say, a person that has an excellent spirit. They, he has distinguished himself. Listen to me. Everybody in the room, you have that ability. You have that ability to distinguish yourself. I don't care how you were born. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care if you got a mom close to you right now, a dad left you. I don't care if you've been divorced. I don't care. I don't care how you got where you got right now. You, as of this day, today, have the ability to distinguish yourself as somebody that's different. Amen. Make up your mind. I'm going to be different. I'm going to be different. I'm not going to be like everybody else. I'm not going to go with the crowd. I'm not going to be, I'm, I'm not going to be eating what they eat, Daniel, you know, because what you consume consumes you. We talked about that last week. I'm not going to act that way. I'm not going to think that way. I'm not going to believe that. I am going to distinguish myself as somebody who is different in this crazy, wicked culture. Wow. Come on. I'm sensing the Holy Ghost up here. And the king, check out what happens now. As you do that, listen to me, the people that are over you take notice. And the king gave thought to setting him, Daniel, over the whole realm. So the king's watching. This guy, Daniel, I know he was good, but man, he's like really, really good. I mean, like, 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 like I, know, I know they could teach, teach kids downstairs, but they could like really, really teach. 
I, I know they can play and they can sing, but they like, evidently, they ain't just singing when they're up here. Evidently, they sing in the shower. They're getting their part down. Uh, I, know they're, I know they're a good worker, and I, but they show up early and they stay late. And I, I, I've watched them. <laughs> what you do, listen to me, somebody on the earth and somebody in heaven is watching. So the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel. Now you got to know this. When you say I'm going to be a person of an excellent spirit, when you say I, I've just made up my mind to distinguish myself from everybody else, not pride, not arrogance, I'm different. I'm different. God's my father. Jesus is my big brother. i got brothers and sisters here at Spectrum Church, so I'm going to make sure that what I do out there won't mess anybody else up in here. I'm going to make sure what I do at work is going to give honor and glory to the boss because they're paying me. They might not be paying me what I think I'm worth, but if I'll do what, what, what they're not paying me for right now, I might run this place one day. But the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel because whenever you set yourself up to believe God to do something great, the devil don't like it. You got to know it. There will always be a test for your increase. But they could find no charge or fault in Daniel because he was faithful. Nor was there any error or fault found in him. They're going, man, this brother, um, we can't even find. The brother shows up early. He stays late. He does everything that's asked of him around here. We can't find any fault in this brother. Listen to me. I believe there is a connection between the foundation of Daniel's life and prayer and a heart that's directed towards God that affected everything in his life. Then these men said, we can't find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. We can't find anything in him, spirit, in him naturally, but there's something about this guy that we're going we're gonna to find something, we're going to dig something, we're going to come against, not a natural side, but we're going to come around the side uh, over here, and we're going to attack him spiritually. you got to know, and you got to know the difference between a natural attack and a spiritual attack. And not everything's the devil, but not everything's man either. And you can't, like somebody said, you can't bring a knife to a gunfight. Come on, somebody you got to be able to fight spiritually with spiritual weapons. And so Daniel, he, 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 listen to me. I believe Daniel sniffed these guys out already. Daniel could tell the words, and Daniel knew what was going on. Daniel knew what was going on behind the scenes. He, he, he could tell that these guys were out after him, just like you can tell when you're at work, that person at work that's out after you, that doesn't want you to advance, that's trying to talk around the cooler. You come on, you, everybody knows that. Everybody's wise and discerning enough about that. But Daniel isn't then going to try to throw those guys under the bus. He's going to trust God. Amen. He's going to trust God. So what happens is that these two other governors trick the king. They say, king, let's make an order. Since you're king and you're great and you're all-powerful and he's playing to the king's pride and arrogance, and he says, let's make a law that anybody who prays to anybody else for the next 30 days other than you gets thrown into the lion's den. And the king then signs the law and the law is permanent. The law cannot be changed. 
Now, the king, he loves Daniel. The king, again, we found out the king wants to promote him. He gave thought to promoting him over all the kingdom. But he had these other two governors that were also of equal importance, so to speak. But now he signs this law, and he says nobody can pray to anybody besides me or my gods. And the governors know exactly what they're doing. They're going to get Daniel in a compromising position. And so many times you're going to face in life when people or people over you or the devil himself tries to put you in a compromising position and you're going to have to be extremely careful that you don't come at it on a natural level. Daniel does something outstanding. Check out what he does in Daniel chapter 6, verse 10. When Daniel knew that the writing was signed, the king signed the law. If anybody praised anybody for the next 30 days, besides me or my gods, they'll be thrown to the lion. He went home and he went into his upper room. Come on, some of y'all need to have an upper room. You need, to get a, you, you need to have a place you call, this is my prayer place. This is my chair. This is my time. This is where I go. I take a walk on the beach. I, I walk around the neighborhood. I go to this part of my house. I, I'm on my bed. I'm, a, I'm, I'm on my knees right here. You need to have a prayer place where you can go to. He goes home. He knows exactly what he's doing. Home is where my place is. And he opens up the windows towards Jerusalem. This is what he's been doing forever. This is what he does day after day, year after year. He kneels down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as was his custom since early days. Daniel said, I'm not moved by this spiritual attack. I'm going to be defiant against ungodly law. Now, now listen to me. Uh, I'm not going to wave the American flag up in here today, and I'm not going to wave any political flag, but let me tell you something that I have found in the last two and a half years with COVID and cray-cray in our nation. We need to be defiant against anybody or anything that tries to take away Christian liberty. Listen to me. Listen to me. Not defiant and not trying to be whatever and anti-whatever. No, 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 no. We ain't anti-nothing. We're pro-God and his word. So, 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 so listen to me. I'm just telling you what I've learned already and what I think a lot of us have is that as the line gets drawn, you got to be saying, that ain't my line. That's not my line. Because I've got another line in the word of God that says this. So we, we, we have a right to be defiant against ungodliness in our land. But we don't fight again naturally. We fight spiritually. Can I get an amen? amen? So Daniel just goes up and goes, I don't care what they've done. I don't care what the law is. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to pray. He opens up his windows. Hey, y'all out there? Here I am. And he's praying. I would imagine praying out loud three times that day. Well, these other two governors are setting him up. And they come up and they find him praying. Just kind of like that, that woman caught in adultery. Set her up. And they, they, they then take him to the king. 
And, and the king can't believe it because the king, Daniel's found favor in the king's sight. And he can't believe that this is a situation that he's actually signed a law and, and, and the law is then going to work against his good, good friend, Daniel. And, and, and he knows he's being tricked. But, but the king says, listen, Daniel, uh, listen, he says, the, the God you serve, the king says this now, the God you serve continually, I know he's going to deliver you, but my hands are tied. And, and, and Daniel just says, it's all right. They threw him in the lion's den, sealed the stone over it, put wax on it where the king's got a signet ring so that, so that knew that nobody could get in there. The king goes home, this is, and he can't sleep all night. He, restless night. He, he can't find any peace. He, he gets up early in the next morning, and he runs to the lion's den. And he starts shouting out, hey, Daniel, did your God deliver you? And a voice comes. Come on, somebody. And Daniel says, God sent his angel, and he shut the mouth of the lion. And everybody in the church shouted amen and amen and amen. How does that happen? Listen to me. I believe the foundation of the brother's life wasn't just a quickie kind of prayer. It's a prayer that my life, as my custom is, I just am a person of prayer. And I'm going to trust God in every situation. Just like Dan, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the fire, we're going to trust God. We ain't burning. We ain't bowing. We ain't burning. God's going to deliver us. Come on, this is the power of prayer in your life. The scripture says I brought the brother out. No injury, no scratch, nothing was found on him. The scripture says because he believed God. Come on, prayer will preserve you. Prayer will protect you. The power of prayer. I said it already, but I believe it. When we pray to God in the unseen realm, listen, when we pray to God in the unseen realm, things happen in the seen realm. We go to God. We're praying natural. We're on our knees. We're on a chair. We're walking. You're in your car and you're praying, talking to God. But you're praying to him who's in secret. It's an, it's an unseen realm. And your faith then is what God uses, your trust and your reliance on him. And then all of a sudden, things start showing up in the seen realm. I, I believe, as I said a moment ago, or maybe a little while, maybe a little longer than a moment, that that. There is a cause and effect that when you pray, listen to me, one of two things happens. Number one, you change. You change. Prayer will always change the person. That's you. And also, things around you change. The thing you're praying for changes. The thing starts or stops. But prayer, one of the primary purposes of it is that you change. You change. Your reliance on God, your trust in God, your hope in God, your belief in God grows through prayer. Or else God would just say, hey, you know what? Uh, uh, um, you, you give your life to me, no problems. There's never going to be tests. There's never going to be trials. No, that's just not life. But just because, the way it, just because it is that way right now doesn't mean it has to be that way forever. That's the power of prayer. I'm believing God for a breakthrough. I'm believing God. Come on, anybody believing God for a breakthrough? Anybody believing God for marriage and kids like we've been talking about all day? Jesus says something outstanding. I'm going to talk to you about, again, I mentioned it at the start of the message, that this cause and effect as Jesus is in prayer and the results that follow. It's amazing. It's outstanding. It's incredible. And we'll talk about it. But Jesus said this, in Luke chapter 18, that we should always pray and not faint. We should always pray and not lose heart. 
We should always pray and not quit. We should always pray and not be discouraged. We should always pray and not give up. Listen to me. Pray and keep on praying. Someone said, pray until something happens. Push. Pray until something happens. Come on, somebody, say it with me. Pray until something happens. Push. We're going to push. We're going to push against our flesh. We're going to push against our mind lying to us. We're going to push against demonic assault. Pray until something happens. I change. I get, I, I, the secret's revealed. I, I get a word from God. I'm, I, I'm encouraged. I'm, I'm strengthened. Prayer will strengthen you if you'll persevere in prayer. Look real quick on the screen here everywhere you're looking. Matthew chapter 14, verse 23. It says this, Jesus went up to a mountain alone to pray. Afterward, or the result, he walked on the water and he saved his disciples in a storm. Notice the connection. Notice the connection. Went up on a mountain to pray. Afterward, he walks on the water, saves his disciples. Mark 1, 35. Jesus woke up a great while before day to a solitary place and he prayed. Afterward, this is directly after, he casts out demons from people that were possessed and healed a leper. Luke 5, 16. He withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed and prayed. Afterward, he healed a paralyzed man who was let down through the roof. Cause and effect. Luke 6, verse 12. He went out to a mountain to pray and he continued all night. What happened afterward? He chose the 12 disciples. I need to make the right decision. I'm going to have these guys working with me. I, I know my time is limited. And who I choose is going to be, is going to be of great importance. Just like, I ain't dating just nobody. I'm just not dating nobody. Lord, I'm going to have to pray for, fast and pray for seven days. Because who you date will be who you hang with. And who you hang with will be who you marry. And who you marry can either make you or break you. So Lord, I, I, I'm going to pray. I'm going to get alone. And Jesus shows us the way. Cause and effect. Luke 9, 16. He took the loaves and the fish and he looked up to heaven and he blessed them. What happened after that? He multiplied the five and fed 5,000 men plus women and children. Luke 9, 28. He took Peter, James, and John and goes up to a mountain to pray. What happens afterward? He's transfigured and they see him talking to Moses and Elijah. Amazing. Amazing. Luke 9. I think I already read that one, didn't I? Luke 11, verse 1. As he was praying, He's praying. The disciples say, hey, we had never heard anything like this before. Teach us to pray. And Jesus, the result was he taught the Lord's Prayer. Jesus is praying. And they say, teach us to pray like that. And he answers them with what we have in Matthew chapter 6, the Lord's Prayer. Again, what we see in Daniel's life replicated what we see in Christ's life is that a person who sets himself up to consistently pray will receive answers from God. Daniel, you're going to read about it this week in Daniel 4 through 12. He's got angelic visitations. He's got dreams that come to him. He's got visions that come to him. I'm not saying that's going to be necessarily going on with your life, but you're going to get answers. You're going to get answers. 
God's going to give you ears to hear and he's going to give you eyes to see and you're going to know what to do, a heart that knows what to do. He's going to speak to you and talk to you. And again, what we see here over and over in these 12 chapters of Daniel's life is that Daniel teaches us, here's what it teaches, that the impact of your life will be determined greatly by your intimacy with God. If you want to have a life that's impactful, if you want to have a life that makes a difference, you are going to have to set up your life to have intimacy with God. An impactful life will always be connected to an intimate life with God. Again, you want to have something to say in public, you're going to have to get along with God in private. God will elevate you. He'll move things for you. He'll instruct. He'll instruct people just to bless. Listen, like the scripture says, he'll, he'll get your enemies blessing you. Come on, somebody. How I many know that's just amazing? Come on, he'll give you a, he'll, he'll get you a raise from an ungodly boss. Why? God will just give you favor. If you will distinguish yourself, I'm going to distinguish myself. I'm going to set myself apart. I, I've, I've got an excellent spirit in me because God's in me. And no matter what it looks like in culture, no matter what I feel like in my own life, no matter what's going around me, no matter what lines might be in front of me, I believe God will shut the mouth of every line. I'm going to be strong in my God. I'm going to know my God. Like You're going to read it this week. They that know their God, come on, will be strong and do exploits. Come on, somebody. Knowing their God. I'm going to know my God. I know my God. I'm going to do something strong. I'm going to do exploits for him. I'm not going to be overcome with fear and worry and negativity. And I'm not going to be under anxiety and, and depression. I'm not going to give in to that. I'm going to stand strong with God. I'm going to talk to God about everything. God is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Come on, somebody. Surely he'll deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the noisome pestilence. Come on, everybody. Let that be your profession. Let that be your confession that my, if God is for me, come on, somebody, who in hell can be against me? Come on, everybody. Come on, clap like you mean it this morning. Clap your hands, all your people. Come on, somebody, shout it to God with a voice of triumph. Yeah. Come on, bow your head. Lord God, I pray this morning that we would have the very same, same understanding that Daniel had. That no matter the push and the force of culture and the wickedness going on in culture, but Lord God, that we would be strong and set our hearts to seek you, O oh Father. So right now in the room, wherever you're at, what in your life right now needs prayer? What do you see in the natural that you know is not God's will in heaven. Remember the scripture, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Lord, what's your will? What's your will? If it's not lining up with the will of God and you see that in the natural, how about this week as you're reading Daniel? You slip away in prayer. And take that need, that situation, and bring it to the Lord. I'm bringing this to you, Father. I'm asking you to help me, change me. I'm drawing near to you, the person. And I know you're working in me, but Father, I need your help here. Help me see what I don't see. Help me know what I don't know. Help me be the person you want me to be. Give us strength to persevere like Daniel. 
that the foundation of our life be a life of prayer. Come on, you agree with that today? Come on, say amen, amen, amen. Come on, bow your head for just a few more moments. Maybe in the room or online. You don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior or you're away from him. Maybe you've made him Lord of your life in days gone by, but, but you haven't been serving him. Either never, you've never served him or you've just walked with him and then you've walked away. Well, today he's saying, would you come home? Would you come home? <laughs> I could say it this way. There's lions in the land, a lot of lions. They're trying to, like, Jesus, like Peter wrote in his book, they're, they're seeking whom he may devour. It's like the devil, like a lion, trying to devour you and me. Just like they did physically, like they did with, with Daniel. And so you're, you need to set up your mind and you set up your heart and your affection. Uh, I'm not going to be devoured. I'm going to give my life to God. And if you have been devoured, oh, he's a God who can restore right there where you're at. All over the room, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, maybe you've left him and you say, man, my, this is my day, I'm coming back. Come on, I'm going to count to three. You just lift up your hand. We're going to pray a prayer in this room. And there's going to be a spiritual transaction that happens. God's going to meet you right where you're at. Heaven's going to open. You're going to get a chance to know the person, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ in a very real and tangible way. He'll make himself real to you, known to you. And as you keep every day just saying, Lord, I'm drawing close. I'm drawing close. He's going to meet you right there. So all over the room, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, come on, one, two, three. Lift up your hand. Say, pray for me. Pray for me, Pastor Gary. Pray for me, church. Awesome. See that hand? Anybody else? Anybody else? Awesome. Awesome. Okay, everybody pray this prayer with me. You that raised your hand, you mean it in your heart as well. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I come to you right now in Jesus' name. I'm a sinner in need of a Savior. So I believe in my heart and I say with my mouth, God raised Jesus from the dead. Be my Lord. Be my Savior forever and ever. I repent. I change my mind. And I change my direction. Fill me with the Holy Spirit. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name. Come on, amen. Come on, stand up, everybody. Let's give everybody a hand that prayed that. At least one, maybe more. Come on, online. Come on, let's shout. Praise the Lord. Come on, God's good. Come on, God's restoring. Come on, everybody. Come on, you don't know what's going on right now.